for his goodness. How about we just lift our hands today and just as we come around the word, let the Holy Spirit gather you in. So easy to be distracted and to be thinking about many other things. But if we can allow the Holy Spirit just to draw us in right now, we sang, the Lord is in this place. He is here. How about just acknowledging him? He is here. He's here to minister to each and every one of us. And the Holy Spirit speaks different to us all, where none of us are the same. So I just sense the Holy Spirit saying, I just want to draw you. I just want to pull you in today. I want you to come close because I've got something for you today that will absolutely bring a shift and a lift in your life. So Father, we commit this time to you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you guide us, you lead us. You inspire us, you bless us, you encourage us, you affirm us. Thank you, Lord God, that you confirm things. Father God, you make Jesus real to us, Holy Spirit. So we just allow ourselves to be pulled in, to be drawn in. Father, to come into that space where it's you and us. Father, that we can look fully into your face. Thank you for your word. We pray as it goes out today that, Father, we will respond. We'll be responders. Father, and I thank you for each and every person here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may um, maybe give people a high five and take your seat. Oh, you did that very quickly. wait for my technical things to warm up. So lovely to see everybody today. Um, God's got good things for each and every one of us. We're in such a good stage. And I just want to preach today. It's my privilege to preach. Never take it for granted, but I love the Word of God, and I know that it's changed my life. I am who I am by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God. So I'm actually going to be speaking about the Word of God And you might think, well, that's about ABC. Well, guess what? If you don't know your alphabet, you can't go on to other things. So we need to know and have a passion and a love for the Word of God. So I've entitled my message, Choices. You know, we're actually defined by our choices. Um, You know, we can look sometimes at others and think, yeah, I can see what you've chosen. And sometimes they're not good choices and you go like, yeah, that's why you're in the predicament you're in, or that's why you're struggling in this area. I can also see it in my own life that I'm a result of my choices. And I see the pictures come up quite early, but that's okay, not a problem. So we're, we make choices. And um, uh, I, lo- I wrote something for the kids' ministry. We did a whole series on choices. And I just got the picture that choices are like doors we walk through. And so we told the kids the consequence, consequences of doors. So you could either go through the faith door or the fear door. And the fear door leads somewhere or the faith door yeah, leads wow, somewhere. Wow. Right? We can either go through the door of wisdom or we can go through the door of foolishness. And they all lead somewhere. Doors take you through into spaces. And we want to say, do we want to be in that space? We talked about success and failure. What would you rather choose? And you know, we are a product of our choices. And I know Equippers Church, we make good choices. We aim to make good choices. If we've made bad choices, we turn around and we make some better choices. But you know, we can, um, you know, just ask God about the choices we need to make. 
I like what um, Shane Willard said. He just said that um, God, good choices or God choices lead to life, light, and increase. And all of us want our lives to increase. But when we make selfish choices, it leads to death, darkness, we can be ashamed of some of the choices, and decrease, that our life diminishes as a result of it. So if we go back to the first slide, God said, I've set before you. He didn't say a door, but in Deuteronomy 13, 15, it says, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. And we'd be saying, ah, I'm not that silly to make bad choices. But sometimes we are. And sometimes we need reminding to make good choices that lead to life. Because I don't know about you, I want to live a life of increase. I want to live a life of flow. I want to live a life of harmony. You know, I want to live a life connected to Jesus. And I believe that you do also. So we've got to say, what's set before me? Choices or doors. And one leads to good, and the other one leads to evil. And as we said, the second one, and this is uh, Mungify Beach, is God's choices lead to life, light, and increase. So already we're poised, I can tell, we're poised and we're ready for this. So we make choices. Every year we make choices. And my choices for 2019 was to lean in to get more understanding. I said it to myself through the Spirit of God. This is a life of learning and leaning. I just want to learn more. I'm older, I've come and I've had some experiences, but I'm hungry to learn more. And as I learn more, I can lean more and trust more in the Spirit of God. So, um, you know, God has said to me, keep punching, Helen. You know, we've got to keep punching above our weight in faith. Sometimes we can get comfortable while I'm a bit older, I'm a bit busy, maybe I'll sit down and take it easy. But through learning and leaning, God's saying, come on, punch above your weight. Keep hitting targets in faith. Keep um, operating under the spirit of increase and growth. And come on, pull down some things that are in the way. Pull down the opposition of the enemy. Pull down the doubts and fears so you can, in a sense, see what you believe for become a reality. I've got to keep training. So what's your choice for 2019? I know we're quite a long way into 2019, but my theme is learning. I wanna learn. I'm hungry to learn because I know there's more ground to take. There's more of Jesus to know and I wanna do that. And the other thing was, come on, take the platform. And it's not this platform I'm talking about. I'm talking about the platform of life. Whatever opportunity comes your way, keep taking it. Don't shrink and decrease, but keep taking it. And maybe that's a word for you. Keep stepping forward. Keep making a choice to move, to keep going forward. So there's doors. And we've got to choose what door. And sometimes we maybe unconsciously choose wrong doors. So I'm going to bring some basics into the uh, the message today. But I believe it's going to inspire you. So the first choice we need to make is the Word of God, and we need to, the next slide says, read the Bible. 
Come on, if we don't want to stay in a featherweight position or the featherweight category, we need to immerse ourselves in the Word of God. The Word of God helps us fight those giants that's peer before us. They help, it helps us fight every doubt, every fear, but it also gives us vision. And, you know, we're a Christian church. We believe in the Word. We come on Sunday for the Word. But how good are you at reading the Word of God on a daily basis? Come on, we're not under law. You know, we're not judged or we're not condemned if we don't. But why wouldn't we want to read the Word of God? Because the Word of God is for the now. The Word of God tells you where you are now. The Word of God locates you. You know, when you read the Word of God, the Word of God reads you. And it actually tells you when you're off track. It tells you where, look, you've actually moved a little bit far away. You know, maybe your attitude's not in line. And I love it because the Word of God aligns me. It reminds me who God is, and it describes me, my prophetic direction. So we need to learn to open the Word of God for ourselves, feed ourselves. And this scripture here in Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, for the Word of God is living. It's not a dead word. It's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You might come into your devotional life one way, and hopefully you leave another way. Because there's been a discernment, and there's been a shift, and there's been an alignment where, God, your word says this. I want to align. Why? Because the word brings peace. You know, peace is associated with truth. Wherever there's truth, there is peace. So when we read the word of God, we receive peace because we receive truth. So it locates us. The word of God points out exactly where we're at. If it's a long time since you've opened the word of God, I pray that today you'll go home and say, I'm going to develop a habit. Because sometimes if we're far away from Reading the Word of God, we actually don't realize how far away we are from God. That we're letting other things instruct us. We're letting other things lead us. We're allowing other things to become our counselor. But when we read the Word of God, it settles us, shows us where we're at, but it shows you how we can align ourselves. So we need to read the Bible. Choices, read the Bible. So we can be in the right place. People can say, oh, but I don't have time. You know, we've all got time to do the most important things in life. Wake up earlier if you need to. Here's my Bible. It's a bit of a mess. Because <laughs> it's well used and even the dog has had a chew at it. So <laughs> I've just got to remember the words that the dog's eaten out of it. But we can make excuses. Because we're lazy-minded sometimes and think, oh, no, I'll do that or I'll put it off for later. But, you know, it's time to feed ourselves, church, because God wants to propel us into a bigger space, into that life, light, and increase. So now just say, God, I'm going to respond and I'm going to set up a good Bible reading. You know, you are what you eat. You know, we know that in the natural. Come on, we are what we eat in the spiritual too. 
if we don't feed ourselves the right thing, you know, we'll become what we don't want to be. So the Word of God has an answer for everything. Come on, it's relevant. Come on, it's not old-fashioned. It's got every answer for every problem of the human heart. And we need to get into the Word of God. We need to get hungry. You know, we need to devour it because it's our life and it's our source. So for me, it's like my daily light. It's like pulling back the curtains. You know, that prophetic revelation, it's always accurate. It's always relevant. It's like throwing back the curtains to a whole new day, and it propels me in the right way. You know, sometimes we don't want to do things, and this is a confession. Sometimes I don't want to do a new song. How many people are like that? Sometimes we're comfortable doing the old songs because we can get into it. And then sometimes you feel like you're being dragged into a new song, and it's a good thing. And sometimes you're like, oh, I don't feel like doing a new song. I feel like singing some of the older songs I'm used to. And I love the new songs, believe, you know, I like what we're singing. But sometimes a new song pops up and I don't quite catch it for a start. And it's like, no. But, you know, it drags me into the new. And I find myself, because it's a prophetic direction, I find myself singing it at home. Because the Spirit of God has dragged me into a place that I might have been reluctant, not reluctant in a bad way, just like, ah, you know, I've got to learn something new. <laughs> but because it's new, it pulls me. Come on, the Word of God pulls you somewhere. And you know, if you put the Word of God in you, it's there when you need it. It comes up. It pops up. The Holy Spirit will bring it back to your remembrance. Like, I know what to do because I know what the Word says. So it pulls us. And the new song, it pulls us into the next moment. So I was just like, I love all the songs equippers sing, so I'm not like, ooh, harking back to scripture and song. I love it. But sometimes a new one, and you just went, oh, oh, I didn't quite catch that. But I find myself singing at home because my spirit has been pulled into the next season and the new thing in God. Okay, so it's prophetic. So the word of God lifts me, reminds me how big God is and impresses me with who he is. I love the scripture in the Message Bible in Psalm 65, verse 6 to 8. All your salvation wonders are on display in your trophy room. Earth tamer, ocean pourer, mountain maker, hill dresser, muzzler of sea storms, no problem to God, and wave crashes, of mobs and noisy riot. Far and wide they'll come to a stop. They'll stare in awe, in wonder. Dawn and dust takes turns calling, come and worship. How long has it been since you bowed your head and worship as you read the word and it impressed you how big your God is? You know, we're bringing God down sometimes to our size, less than our size, and we wonder why we're not increasing, we're not progressing, we're not shining, we're not being the people that God has called us to be because we've made God small. But when I read the word of God, it lifts me up. It lifts me up to look at God in a whole new way. You're so big and I can put my arms up to God and say, this is not too hard for you. And today God wants to lift you. And I pray the Holy Spirit's working on your spirit to say, I need to get into the word of God. So read the word of God for now, where you're at, right now, for your day, for your week, for your month, for your year. 
read it now. That we, um, in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, says, do you not know that those who run in the race all run, but one receives the prize, run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. And Paul's saying, I don't want big lofty ideas of faith. You know, I don't want to just mouth off things without actually disciplining myself to come into it. And God will sometimes give us the flab test. Is that right? You know, it's like you're a bit flabby in that area. And I speak for myself. And while I was overseas, I got a bit of a backache. And so through India in the morning, I was a wee bit sore. And I know it's because I'm not fit. And so it was a bit of the flab test. And Bruce says to me, Helen, you need to go to the gym. But I'm like, Bruce, you told me to cancel my membership because I never went. <laughs> it's a big turnaround after the backache. <laughs> he said, you went 10 times last year. And so, um, but anyway, that was a bit of a joke. But sometimes there is an ache or a pain because something is not as fit or working as well in sync with everything else. And we need to pull it into line and we need to do that flab test or let God do that flab test and say, you're not as fit in this area as should be. You're not as in shape in this area as you should be. And if we're gonna punch and if we're gonna see great things, We've got to learn how to tone ourselves. We've got to learn how to bring ourselves into line. We need to know how to connect with reality. And sometimes we're reaching out here, but there's a reality here that's contrary that we need to punch out. You know, it's like, not a person. (laughs) We need to say, I need to take authority over that attitude in my life. Yeah, I'm not doing so well in my marriage. Come on, discipline yourself. Pull yourself in. The Word of God has an answer for every problem. Come on, the Word of God is the best marriage manual that you can have. Come on, we need to get into the Word of God. It's got things about your finances. But sometimes we can go about, I want to rush ahead. I want to have lofty ideas. But what about the reality now? Do we need to say like Paul, I don't want to be disqualified. I preached to others and I can't even bring myself into line you know, and make it work for myself. Does that mean we have to be perfect? No. But be aware of that ache. I was aware of that ache. (laughs) I had to pray (laughs) when I got up overseas in India. I had to pray so I could stand up right. It was only, but it was because I was not fit and it was a lesson for me. So watch the space, but not too closely. (laughs) So we need to connect with those challenges. So we punch above our weight but we also punch at the level. You've got to connect with something. Come on, if your marriage is out of um, shape, get it in shape. Come on, discipline, pull yourself in. Listen to the word of God. What's God saying in that space? You read with a question on your heart, God answers. And I can testify that when I've got a question that I sometimes don't even know I've got on my heart, 
God just answers. And I'm like, that's amazing. Before I asked, you answered. Absolutely fantastic what God wants to show you. Feeling convinced? Let the Holy Spirit convince you. Here's a statement from the New Zealand Herald. And I wrote these down because I'm for harmony, but I'm actually a fighter underneath because I love harmony, so I will fight for it. And I wrote down a lot of statements out of the New Zealand Herald to do with Anzac Day, so very appropriate. But this one just says, a man of character in peace is a man of courage in war. And that's so true. Sometimes we're like, oh, I'll work on my marriage later. Oh, I'll work on my um, finances later. You know, I'll work on my lack of discipline or my overeating later. But it says a man of character in peace who shapes themselves up when no one's looking, when the need is not there, will be a man of courage in war. Why? Because there's nothing going to flare up in his face. When the real battle comes, they're solid because they've dealt on things. They've taken things away that would be distracting, taken away things that would cause them to fall over. So I don't know, did that quote come up? It did. A man of character in peace is a man of courage. If you don't deal with those things in your life, you'll fight dirty. You won't fight with the armor and the grace and the strength of God. You'll fight dirty because of the things in your heart that have not been dealt with. Okay, we'll move on from there, okay? So have the courage to do it. Read the word of God for the now. That was for the now, for the how. And you know, God always, as I said, has an answer. And as a young minister's wife, this is one of the first ones I got for the how. And it comes from Isaiah 58, starting halfway through verse 9 to 12. And this was God telling me how not to be afraid, how not to come under what I thought people expected of me, which maybe they didn't. But when a spirit of fear came upon me, God gave me the how through his word. He just said, if you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, whose responsibility? Mine. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall rise up the foundation of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Come on, the word of God will counsel us. And God said to me, if you remove the yoke, and you know, God has given us a yoke-breaking anointing where we can snap off things that we are bound to. And you know, just like oxen are hooked together to work and it goes all right while they're both pulling and they're both going in the same direction. But there are yokes that God has never designed for us to wear. And I realized that I was under a ceiling. I was under a ceiling that I needed to break off my life. And we can do it, folk. We can do it in the name of Jesus. Instead of praying things away, say, I'm going to break that yoke. And too many people are bearing the pain of the family system. And we know that the iniquities, and I'm not going to go into this, comes down through the generation. Sometimes you're bearing sickness that's not your sickness. 
that it's come down and, it's, and it just turns up in every generation. Sometimes you're finding spirits of anger or lust and you go like, why can't I get the victory in this? Maybe there's a yoke that's on you that you need the anointing of the Holy Spirit to break it so you can be free. I didn't want to live under a ceiling. I'm buoyant, I'm bouncy, I'm joyful, my middle name's Joy, and I needed to get this yoke off my life. And the Bible counseled me how to do it. If you break the yoke, you take authority, you remit some of the things that have happened back in the past, and you get a flow and keep it off. Because while it was on me, it brought a fear of failure. It brought a fear um, of, of timidity, a spirit of timidity upon my life. It says if you break, remove the yoke. But it also said in conjunction to that, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. I don't think I was speaking too wickedly. <laughs> but sometimes we can say, I can't rise because of this. You know, I can't do so well in this area because of them. I can't do very well because things in my past haven't been good. And the Bible spoke to me and said, stop pointing the finger. It says, if you do all those things, he's just said, um, hang on, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. Nothing that's happening outside of yourself can snuff out your life, light, only if you let it. And I'm like, I want to live in perpetual daylight. That's my hope. That's my dream. I want to be light in the darkness. You know, I want to live in that constant state of knowing the, right, the risen Lord in my life. So this is just an example from my life that I'm using and I preach using my own examples. God said it so clearly to me. I could, I could go right through this. Tell you so much why? Because I've needed it to be strong, to be courageous. I've needed the word of God. I've needed what God has said about me more than what I could ever say about myself. I'm desperate. I'm needy. But it brings me into a space beyond what I would ever, ever have thought and believed. So how about even today? Say, yeah, I'm under a ceiling. I'm struggling. I need to break a yoke off my life, a false thought about myself, a lying spirit that tells me that I'm no good. I need to break that, any discouragement, any disappointment. So yeah, I'm sitting under that and today I'm gonna come free. I'm gonna stop saying it's because of this. Oh, it's because of that, it's because of this, and it's because of that. Because, you know, the devil will give you more reasons to say why you can't rise. But come on, you can rise like light in the darkness and your darkness can be like the noonday and we can live in that perpetual state. So we've got a, a yoke-breaking anointing. Come on, there is no waiting room for spiritual freedom. You know, sometimes we might wait for promises. Sometimes we might wait for answers because God's got his timing. But come on, there's no waiting room for spiritual freedom. You can be free today. We can decide to be free internally and then see it work out from there on. So we need to rise and shine and be the repairers of the breach. And when I think of repairers of the breach, it's like we can pull things together through what we have experienced in our life. We can help pull things together for other people. We can help close gaps. You know, we wanna do that as a church. We wanna close some gaps. 
You know, we want to see those things that are gaping, that are hurting, pulled together. We can be the restorers of the streets, where we make it a fun, a creative, an honouring culture, where people will want to come and go, I want to dwell there. And that's what we're believing for as we start the three services, for more and more people to say, yeah, there's restoration there, there's repair there. I want to be in those streets. There's celebration there, because there's victory there in Jesus' name. So doors we should choose, the Word of God. Read your Bible. Read your Bible for the now, for the how. Come on, it'll only benefit you and bring you into a space beyond what you would ever, ever believe. Number two, and it's not quite accurate on the, on the screen, but if we could put it up, is to read the Bible. Come on, how about we walk the Bible or walk the Word of God out? Okay, that's another thing, that we will allow inner strength through the Word of God to equip us for our life. So in Colossians 1, verse 10 and 11, it says that you may walk worthy of the Lord. Come on, is your walk worthy of the Lord? Fully pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, yes, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened, come on, warriors, strengthened with all might according to the glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Now, I've taken a thought from someone else, but I'm making it my own and expanding it. And a choice to make to walk the word out is to take the stairs. Okay, how many people took the stairs today? I did because I was convicted. <laughs> so easy to go for the lifts, isn't it? And, you know, I'm very guilty. When I was in kids' ministry, I would go to the mezzanine floor to the bathrooms by the lift. Isn't that, sh that's sh shocking, isn't it? <laughs> but I'm sure some of you do that as well. And sometimes we want to avoid the stairs in life. You know, when you park in a different place in Sky City, how many people have trouble finding the stairs and the lifts? Yeah, it's like, which way am I facing? I'm not too sure. Okay. But I want to encourage you today, spiritually, take the stairs. Come on, stairs in the natural produce strength, fitness, but they also take a whole lot more effort. But, um, you know, we're told for health's sake sometimes to choose the stairs and not always ride the lift. But each step you take is helping you to build strength into your story in a way the lift could never. You know, we can get into a lift. We can soar to the top so quickly. It's amazing. We have a beautiful view, an overview. And faith is, and vision is like that, at the touch of a button. At the touch of the Holy Spirit, we can rise to a high place in God and we can see. But you notice when you go up a lift, particularly the sky tower, that things, the levels are flashing before you and you're like, what was that, what was that, what was that? You can't actually say that's what it was. So as much as the lift is good and we need it for faith and vision, we need to take the stairs so we build up inner strength to sustain all that God wants us to do. So we need to take the stairs. So the lift itself only teaches us how to press a button. It limits our capacity within itself and it actually determines our destination. Now we're thinking spiritually here of walking the word of God out. What has God said to me? Now I take the stair. 
and I put one foot after the other. So there's benefits of stairs. The staircase will teach you the value of the journey. As I said before, when we go up in the lift, if there's a little bit of a, a window in it, you can see things flash, flash, flash. But actually, the staircase will teach you the value of the journey. I've overcome. I've got a bit more strength. I've risen up in God. You know, when I'm asked to do that, I don't get so <gasps> afraid. I've stepped up in my walk and in my journey with Christ. You know, and we learn lessons as we put the effort in. Stairs keep your momentum consistent. And the ground you gain becomes established. Like I said, it becomes yours. I've overcome, I've walked it, and I've seen the benefits of it. Right. Do you know there are returns for walking the stairs? And just to personalize it so it's a bit more relevant for you, going to London, we had to, I had to walk the stairs. There was no lift up, we'd seen the vision, but we had to pack up. We had to change locations. We started with about eight people, and we look at momentum now and say, wow. You know, we just had to be the spark. We were faithful, we worked hard. Bruce and I carried the supper, we didn't have a car. We did the hard work. But others joined us on the staircase and blew it up. And now we saw 750 at Momentum Conference. Maybe the London church with all of it sits under 1,000. And God has said to us, and the small should become 1,000. And, well, and the, small, the little should become 1,000, and the small a great nation. And I will hasten it in its time. Come on, it only takes a spark to get a fire going. But we've got to take the stairs. We've got to put our foot down and say, God, what did you tell me to do? Okay, it's hard work, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to put one foot after the other and see God do something amazing. So easy to go in the lift, come down the lift, nothing changes. We've got to go to the staircase. In kids' ministry, and I'm sharing this because I'm talking about the Word of God. I had the privilege of leading the children's work for three and a half years. As a 65-year-old, I started. But I led prophetically from the Word of God. And we prayed our yearly scripture. And I just want to share this because I want to show you the progress or how it panned out without even intending it. When I started in 2015, I started, wrote curriculum. 2016, I led the team in praying Isaiah 59, 19. They all know it so well because we pray things for a year. And it's just like, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. It was all about standard. Prophetically, taking the stairs was about putting in a standard, was about writing curriculum that was really word-based, prophetic, that the kids could understand. So the theme, the choice was standard. 2017, we prayed as a team, Acts 6-7. And the word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. We saw that. When you pray the word of God, you are sure to see it happen. So we introduced electives and e-groups and worship. We're like, yeah, we want the kids to catch on fire. And we saw the kids catch on fire with the word of God. They weren't just hearing a story. They were 
catching on fire. We termed it revival fire. We are in revival fire. We're in a move of God. We didn't settle for anything less. We prayed it, and we progressed into that. 2018, we prayed Isaiah 49, 19, which says, this place is too small for us. Give us a place to dwell. We started off in relationship to a building, but it soon became apparent. We were praying for kids, and I had the download of kids ministering to kids, that this was a time of empowering the children. You could be sitting somewhere and making it too small for someone else. There's like, make room for us, make room. Give me a place to dwell. This place is too small. I want to come in. I want to be useful. So we got the prayer tent up and the children ministering one, you know, um, to each other, laying hands, interceding. Adults have been there, found healing. Why? Because the word of God has come in and transformed the children's lives. 2019, under Josh and Michelle, they are praying because they know how to pray and to bring in the theme and the prophetic word and the word of God for the year. Joel chapter 2. That's about swarms, but it's about deployment and about occupation. And that's what we're believing for the kids' ministry. And I just um, had a download the other day that at the time, our children were deployed into the hospital to um, lay hands and pray. And we want to lead them into that. But they would not be at deployment stage if we hadn't started with standard. And sometimes we want to do deployment. We haven't done standard. We haven't done revival fire, catching on fire, the word of God spreading. We haven't done about empowerment, making room for other people to grow. We've kept it tight or we've kept it dull. But come on, it only takes a spark to get a fire going. We have a video, and I'm not sure whether it's going to play. Is it going to play? Yes, it's going to play. I want to show you this, not only because we're proud, but this is because the children have integrated the Word of God. This is a video series, just like Pastor Sam and Pastor Jordan might do on a kid's level. There was no rehearsal. You know, there's no script for them to follow. They're feeding back on what they've learned on the series called Heaven is in My Heart. Callum will start it. He's referring when he starts to Zephaniah, chapter 4, I think, about God on his feet dancing over us. So this is just a sneak peek, and I want you to listen to these children just to actually reinforce what I'm saying about the Word of God. Away we go. Um, so I'm Callum and this is Moirangi and this is um, part two of Heaven is in My Heart and we're going to talk to you about the Forever Song. So the Forever Song is about how much God loves us and that whenever he thinks about us, he's up on his feet doing a little dance, probably a better dancer than me. Um, he's just having, he's having fun, he enjoys thinking about us. So that's just a um, great thing about God, he loves us and he loves everything and that's what the Forever Song is sort of roughly about. Yeah, so God has a different song for each and every one of us. Um, he's all made us different and we all have a different tune that God has put on our lives. Um, so I know for myself, my tune is peace. Um, so recently I've been reading the fruits of the spirit and uh, God has just put something on my heart about peace and how that can just um, make the environment more 
lovely. Yeah, so I think the tune in my heart is prayer and wisdom and sort of including others. The thing um, I reckon that stands out the most is prayer. I don't know why, but I love like praying for people. I love just knowing that I've made a difference in someone's life. And I like I do these things all the time. Like at school a couple of days ago, um, I played with this kid. He was all lonely. I'm pretty sure he was crying. And I played with him, and then he was happy. And um, that's just a thing I like. I love to do. I love to know that I made a difference. And um, I just love praying for people because I know that I've made a difference. Yes, I real I agree with you, Callum. I think that um, that's a great testimony. And um, God has a, a tuning fork, and um, He just ha He tunes us every day. And don't get me wrong, we are all good, but there's some things that we need to work on. And I think, as I was saying recently, I've been um, reading about the fruits of the spirit, and God has just put um, forgiveness on my heart um, because, as you know. Siblings can be a bit annoying, and um, me and my little sister have quite a lot of arguments. So I think um, when even when it's really hard to forgive, God is just going to keep tuning me, and I'm just going to grow and grow to become a better sister. Yeah, I think um, I sort of think of God as sort of like a drummer, like He keeps a beat for every single one of us. And it's our job to get in sync with God and get into his beat. Like if we go out of beat, but maybe we get jealous, we get angry, we sin maybe. Um, we just need to get back in sync with God. Okay, how about giving them a, a great clap? So that's the children not just learning, but integrating and applying and working it out. So if the kids can do it, how much more can we do it as well? So there we go. But you know, we didn't set out for deployment. We set out what God said, the Word of God, standard. We put the standard in, then it will produce. So time's up, but we've got to take the staircase. And what I want you to encourage you is appreciate the landings. You know, when you climb up, how, how often do you need to stop on the landings? And sometimes we can think, what a waste of time. This is slowing me down. and I've got things to do. But let's appreciate the landings where we can breathe. And sometimes when we've stopped on landings, we've met people that God has wanted us to connect with. That's made a difference in a sense of outworking God's plan for our life. But how often will we not appreciate we put the hard effort in, but we want to just go there or go up in the lift. But appreciate the landings, pause, breathe. At those stages, there's something that God wants to add into your life and he wants you to be aware of. Stay on the stairs. When the going gets tough, we start puffing. The temptation is to head down the stairs instead of ascending. Are we tempted? I think we are. When we went to London, God gave me the analogy. It's like, yes, Helen, it's like climbing a mountain. It's not gonna be easy. And sometimes you feel like I'm out of breath. God, help me, I'm out of breath. And I got the picture of climbing a mountain that as you go higher, the air gets thinner. And you've gotta stop, but don't go down the mountain. Adjust your breathing and keep climbing. And how often do we think, this is too hard? Maybe you're here and you think Christianity is too hard. No, it's not. God is with you. God has everything you need. 
God can read you as you read the Bible and make some amazing adjustments. He can show you heights. He can show you what your future is. But don't be tempted to back down, to go, I'm going to walk down. I'm going to make some choices now that are not that good. Because you'll end up in a place lamenting where you are instead of celebrating where God wants you to t- wants to take you. You know, as we ascend, God's not phased when we struggle. You know, and, and we've just got to say, God, I need you. And humility is a door we can walk through. And we need to bend sometimes or bow through its beautiful frame so our face can meet the grace of God. But how often do we miss humility because we're walking too fast and our head's too high? Now, I don't have much problem going over do- under doorways because I'm short. I'm sure Scott might bang into a few. <laughs> but spiritually, we've got to sometimes say, God, I need your help. Humility, you've got an answer, you've got a way. I bow and I meet your grace to help me do what I couldn't do on my own. Just a couple of questions. Why are we avoiding the stairs? Is it laziness? Can't be bothered with the effort. We live in a, you know, an instant world. I just want the answers. I want the solutions right now. I don't want to put in the effort. I don't want to change. Or I'm under a yoke and I just can't do it. It's too hard for me. Are we impatient? We want instant satisfaction. We've been up the lift and that's what we want. And we become demanding and proud without putting in the effort that it takes. But the Word of God helps us. It takes the effort out as we walk out the Word. God, you've said to me, and this might be for some, to be patient. How am I going to work that out? God, how am I going to honour my husband or my wife? Come on, there's an answer. I'm going to take that step. It might seem hard, but I'm not going to point the finger and blame. But I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to make a choice. And I'm going to go through the door of wisdom. I'm going to go through the door of faith. I'm going to go through the door of success. I'm going to win at this. Come on, we can get the picture. Finances, careers. We can zoom up in the lift. If we can't stay up in the lift, the lift comes down. But we can ascend in God when we have. And our health, whatever it might be, it's like, I'm going to take the stairs. So today when I went to the bathroom in Sky City, I took the stairs. Big deal, it was only half a floor. (laughs) But I'm going to remind myself to take the stairs as an illustration so much more. When we take and make God's choices, He broadens. And I'm amazed how He's broadened the ground under our feet. Today is a day of choices. We're going to let the Holy Spirit convince you. It's not me. He's the one that convinces, convicts. But He wants to bring us into a much broader space. It only takes a spark to light a fire. How about we all stand? Maybe you just like to pull in again. It's the end of the service. Your tummies might be getting hungry. But just say, God, I need to make some choices. I don't think there'd be anybody that doesn't need to make a choice. Come on, life is full of choices. What choice are you going to make? Are you going to make a choice today to read the Word, to set in a program? 
Are you going to make a choice to break off you and there's a prayer team down the front to say, I've got a yoke, I'm under a ceiling, I'm, I recognise what it is and I want it broken and I'm going to change my confession, I'm not going to confess myself out of things, I'm going to confess myself into things and you're going to come forward and today you're going to go, I'm going to actually make an effort, I'm going to build strength in my legs and that's what we believe in the children, we've carried them, we've set down the, them in a place We've chosen it for them so that they can find their legs of faith. And you can see by those children, they're finding their legs of faith and ministry. How about we pray? Close your eyes. You can make this personal response inside. And I'm just going to pray. Come on, make a choice of some sort today. Make a choice for God. Father, I thank you for these amazing people, Lord God. Father, thank you for all these life changes that you have called. And Father, you want to give strength to our soul, strength to our spirit, strength to our walk of faith, Lord God. Father, that we can be everything. Lord God, that we can realise all the dreams, all the commissioning, all the plans that you have for our life, that we won't live less. And Father, like doors before us, Lord God, I pray people can visualise the door that they need to go through this morning. Father, that they'll see life, light, Increase, Lord God. Father, we pull ourselves, Lord, in a sense to enter by faith. Some of the things we might have been resisting, and I take authority over any spirit of resistance, any spirit that would say, no, that's not for me, because already that's a death statement. It's a darkness statement, and it's a decrease statement. So Father, right now, on the authority of the name of Jesus, Father, we bind up every yoke, Lord, everything that would um, disqualify people, anything, Lord God, that they would be speaking in their spirit, Father, to hold back, to make an excuse. And I pray there'll be a stepping forward in the name of Jesus, a stepping forward into the authority that you've given each and every one of us, an authority in the Word of God, an authority in the Spirit to nullify every every power that would work against us. God, we command blessing, Lord God, blessing over everyone today in the name of Jesus, that this would be a blessed people. We're blessed because we have the Word of God. We're blessed because we have the Spirit of God. Come on, people, let's raise up our hands and celebrate and say, we're blessed. Come, Holy Spirit, come speak to me afresh. Show me the door I need to open. Show me the door I need to shut today in the name of Jesus, that God, I'm yours. I'm yours, I'm committed. God, you wanna take my life. You wanna expand it. You wanna extend it. You wanna make it glorify your name. Father, thank you for your anointing. Thank you that you're in this place in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Share with someone one of the choices you might have made. That makes it more real. I always find I open my mouth and blab and then I'm committed. It's a good idea to blab sometimes. Just blab. Come on, enthusiasm, blab. Then it's like, wow, it strengthens it, not weakens it.